All right, people. You ready for this? Y'all aren't ready for this. You better put a helmet on or something. I'm coming at you like a wrecking ball. Miley Cyrus or something. You know what I mean, guys? Like David said, my name is Adam Keys, and I am real excited about this morning. My father is Steve Keys, who usually sits right here, but he's out of town. And um, Chad, at one point in my life, referred to me as Adam, son of Steve. And it, for some reason, just stuck. And Jack Hancock, sitting right here, he's not looking at me because he knows I'm about to say it. He calls me it every time he sees me, Adam, son of Steve. And I really like it. So next time you see me in the hall, please call me Adam, son of Steve. My wife is Shauna. She's right here. We have three boys, nine, seven, and five. I don't know what happened. We, we tried to make a girl. just can't do it. I don't know. You have to eat oranges or something to make a girl. And it didn't work. So we have three boys, nine, seven, and five. And there's bloody knees and Nerf Wars and Minecraft and fighting and arguing. And it's just a great life. We're, we're loving it. <laughs> but I, I love being uh, up here. This is awesome to be with my Bridgeway family. Last week we were in Atlanta. We were out of town. And so it's so awesome to be back. One cool thing about being on stage and, and speaking is uh, you, can, you can basically say whatever you want and, and people will basically do anything you tell them to do. It's really weird, but it's how it works when you're on a stage. So watch, everyone just raise your, one of your hands, either one. See, look, why'd you just do that? There's no reason, because I told you to. So my, my wife is right here and she's wonderful and beautiful and lovely. And when you have, you know, when you have like a, a new sports car, you want to show it off to people, you know? When you have a beautiful garden, people come to your house and you show them the garden. And my, my wife is beautiful. So, babe, come on up here. Just let them. Come on. So may, maybe you can't make them do whatever you want, but it was a good try. Many of you know my parents, Steve and Becky Keys. They oversee the Young at Heart Senior Adults Ministry. If you're a part of the Young at Hearts in here, let me hear you give a little, uh. no, it wasn't a yay, Terry. If you're a part of the Young at Hearts, give me a little, uh. yeah, we love our Young at Hearts Senior Adult Ministry here. My parents are uh, heading into the twilight years of their life, I think is what it's called. That's the kind way to say it. And they're just getting older and we're loving it. And they recently moved into a lake house on Lake Lyman, which is about 20 or 30 minutes from here. Beautiful lake house. And what happens is when you start getting a little bit older in your life, if you get a lake house, you have to get a boat. And there's only one type of boat that you're going to get if you're in that, that young, uh, young at heart, senior adult stage of life. And it's called a pontoon boat. There's a 0% chance that a 65-year-old is going to buy a normal boat that you can like pull a skier behind. They're going to get what is called a pontoon boat. A pontoon boats are basically uh, tanks that float. Okay. <laughs> They're, they go about six and a half miles an hour. You can fit a hundred people on them. It's basically like a front porch that just floats. <laughs> but they are incredible. So um, a few weeks ago, we were at the lake and I had the honor of, of captaining the pontoon boat for, for the afternoon. So I was out there and I had my, um, the skipper's hat on, you know, like that guy from Gilligan's Island. What's his name? His name's Skipper. The Skipper's hat that Skipper wore. And uh, got a sweet tea and some sunglasses. And we're just cruising. We're going six and a half. And it's great. And basically, all you, you just wave at the other pontoon boats. That's all you do. And the kids are running around. It's, it's a great time. 
Well, the pontoon boat that my parents have, as I think all of them do, they have a, a canopy thing that you can pull over it. Okay, so it's, it lays down flat when, you're, when you want it to, but when it's real sunny, you pull this big canopy thing up and it provides shade for the passengers of the pontoon boat. It's really cool. So we're cruising around with the canopy up. Well, we're heading back towards the dock and the dock is here and then there's this boat uh, lift thing. I'm, I'm not like a nautical expert. I don't know the terms. There's a lift thing with a little roof over it where the boat goes. Okay, the boat goes in the thing and then the thing comes up and the thing, it all works out. You follow me? So we're pulling in and I start to, um, I start to realize, well, there's a five and a half foot tall uh, canopy thing over the pontoon boat and we're coming into a little boat dock with like a five foot roof. And so five and a half doesn't go under five. Math. Are you, you following me? You guys with me? Five, it's not going to, something has to give. So as we're getting close, I, I kind of realize that my dad realizes it at the same time and he yells, yells at me, screams at me. My father yelled at me, stop, you gotta, you're gonna, about to crash. So I kick it in reverse a little bit just so we don't crash. And it's all good. We're kind of, it jolts a little bit. That tank, I mean, it doesn't stop and go real easily. So it kind of backs up. My sister-in-law, Megan, for some reason had decided to get on the back of the pontoon boat. So she was like, I don't know what she was doing. She was messing with the ropes or something. And then we kick it back and forward. And I hear a scream and I watch my sister-in-law fly off of the boat, in her clothes, into the water. And the propeller's there. There's like, I don't want a leg to get chopped off. It all ended up okay. Okay, it's going to be all right. And this morning, what I want to talk to you about is not getting violently thrown off of a boat, but what does it take to get out of the boat? What does it take to get out of the boat? So let's go to our first passage. This is a somewhat familiar passage. Many of you will, will recognize, and we're just going to read through it. It's a few verses, so just hang in there. As soon as the meal was finished, he, this is Jesus, insisted that, that the disciples get in the boat. And go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the people. With the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. A quick little side note. If you want to know the entire key to life, to happiness, to joy, to fulfillment, to everything you've ever wanted, that's it. Spend time with the Father. Jesus modeled it perfectly. Meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them and they were battered by the waves. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. So this literally did happen. He literally walked on the water. That's another sermon for another time, but just get the visual in your head. There's a huge storm where the disciples thought they were going to die. Massive waves, an old rickety wooden boat, and there's this dude walking on the water. Okay, They didn't know who he was at first. They were scared out of their wits. A ghost, they cried, crying out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. This is my favorite part. We got we to gotta let this sink in. Okay, this is Peter. This is classic Peter. Peter, suddenly bold. That's going to be a, a phrase we're going to throw out a couple more times, I think, today. Suddenly bold. Said, Master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come on. So jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. But when he looked down at the waves, churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and grabbed his hand. Then he said, faint heart, what got into you? The two of them climbed into the boat and the wind died down. The disciples 
What are the next three words? Peter was, <laughs> Peter was on the water. The disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing. Peter didn't just watch. Peter experienced. Peter got pulled up out of the water by Jesus. Peter walked on the water with Jesus. Peter sank in the water with Jesus. The disciples in the boat watched the whole thing. Worship Jesus saying, this is it. You are God's son for sure. So I want to talk to you guys today about what does it mean to get out of the boat? What does it look like in our lives, in our daily life to get out of the boat? And I'm going to talk about a few different areas of my life that I think will apply to you as well, where I am actively and intentionally getting out of the boat. And that's the metaphor we're going to use a hundred times over the next few minutes. And what it means is, and similar to this case, there's one place in the boat that's characterized by our comfort, really by a false sense of security, by an ease of living. That's our comfort zone, you know? It's honestly where we prefer to be pretty much all the time. Nobody wants to be in the waves sinking. So most of the time we prefer to just be in the boat in whatever area of life it is. But if Jesus is on the water, okay, and that's a key phrase because if he's not on the water, don't jump. If he's not there, you jump, you're going down 100% sure. If he's out there though, if the Holy Spirit is leading you out of that comfort zone, out of that security place, then you've got to make a decision. You're either going to stay in the boat or you're going to get out. And it's very black and white. It's very rational. There's not a lot of gray area. You're either in or you're out. So let's talk about one area of life that applies to all of us uh, pretty much every day. And it's this area of praying for healing. Okay, praying for healing. This is something at Bridgeway that we do regularly. We have prayer servants that come up at the end of every service. We have Monday night prayer where we pray for people in the halls. If you come at any normal work day, we'll be down there. Someone will probably be getting prayed for. We do this a lot. We believe that Jesus is a healer, not just then, but now. We believe that he healed every person that came to him with faith for healing. He didn't make anyone sick. This is something that we stand on. This is an important fact for us that Jesus is a healer and we pray for healing and we believe it. But when we get outside of these four walls, it gets a little trickier, it gets a little riskier to step out of that boat and pray for healing for someone. So when you see someone at Walmart and they have the ankle brace thing on, you have a decision to make, right? You can either pretend like you didn't see it and move on, or if the Holy Spirit's leading you, if Jesus is on the water, you have to, the, to make the decision whether or not to stay in the boat and just move on or get out of that boat and go pray for the person. And you either do it or you don't. So there's not a lot of... Well, you know, I kind of did. No, you either get out of the boat or you don't. So for me, here's an area where, where I am stepping into this. Um, recently, I was at my favorite Mexican restaurant, which all Mexican restaurants are basically my favorite Mexican restaurant. But I eat at Mexican restaurants, I think probably once a day, maybe twice. We're not sure. And I love them. Cheese dip is just great. Um, the tacos that they have at Papa's and Beer, the side tacos. I was there last night. I'm getting emotional right now. There was a salsa that, that Abby discovered. She's right there. I couldn't believe how good this salsa was. Anyway, let's move on. I was at my favorite Mexican restaurant, and the manager there uh, kind of knows me because I go there every day. And I noticed that he, he had these wrist guard things on, these wrist braces. And I said, Armando, what's, uh, what's going on with these? And he said, well, I've been working in restaurants for a very long time. 
carrying plates a lot, and my, the muscles in my forearms are just really sore. They hurt all the time. Okay, I'm a pastor at a church, but even for me, guys, I'm not like some Superman. I had to make a decision right then and there. And it's either stay in the boat or get out. There's no middle ground, really. Stay in the boat and say, all right, man, thanks for lunch, and leave. Or get out of the boat where there's risk, where there's waves, where there's storms, where there's a possibility of sinking and get out of the boat and pray for this man's healing. And I have to make the choice. And, and I want to say this too and not sound too mean saying it. It's completely up to me in that moment. And for you, it's completely up to you. There's not just this hand of God that's going to come down and pick me up by my shirt and put me next to him and force the words to come out of my, my mouth to pray for him. It's just not going to happen. The Lord doesn't prefer to operate that way. He prefers to operate with sons and daughters, not with slaves who he commands. Okay? So I make the choice. And I say, hey, Armando. Uh, I know, I mean, it's in the middle of lunch. You know, there's stuff going on. I said, hey, can I just pray for you real quick? Pray for your arms. I believe that Jesus loves to heal people. And he said, sure. And so I prayed a very quick prayer. I wasn't, you know, elaborate. I didn't do anything weird. I didn't jump up and down or do a cartwheel. I just said... Uh, Armando, I said, Lord, I, I know that you love Armando, and I just ask that you'd heal his arms right now. Make his arms feel completely better. I said, Amen. And I said, How do they feel? And he kind of did this for a minute, and he said, They feel better. And I said, Really? <laughs> I was, I mean, I expect it, but at the same time, it's always kind of a surprise, you know? And I said, They really do? And he said, Yeah. And I've been there a whole bunch since, and he's never had the little wrist guard thing he's on. So like what, listen, this is not about me. I'm not bragging at all, but I'm going to say this. And again, I hope this doesn't hurt anyone's feelings. That wouldn't have happened if I didn't get out of the boat. It just wouldn't have. Maybe the Lord would have healed him in some other way or through someone else. I don't know. I can't just think about what ifs. I mean, I was there and the Lord put it on my heart and I saw the wrist things. And so it was up to me to either get out of the boat or stay in. Right? And you get that choice all the time. Now, what's interesting is when we're here at Bridgeway, a lot of times it's easier to step out of the boat when it comes to things like praying for healing or giving prophetic words because the the atmosphere feels good for it. It feels safe here. And even sometimes when you're out, like at Walmart or at a restaurant or an airplane, it feels kind of safe too because you know you're not going to see that person again necessarily. You know, so the fear of man thing doesn't kick in as much. What about when we're just in our homes? Are we praying for each other in our homes? Are we praying for healing in our homes? Are we stepping out of that boat? What about when you're just with your friends, you know, that you hang out with and usually all you do is watch football or you just usually don't do a lot of spiritual stuff? Are we stepping out of the boat with those people too? It matters a lot there as well, not just here. And Jesus modeled this. He modeled miracles at the temple, at church, and in homes. Are we doing it at both places? So for me, We had some leaders over the other night. Tim and Teresa were there. And Teresa said her back was hurting. Teresa leads our prayer ministry. So this is kind of weird, getting out of the boat, like praying for healing for someone that leads a prayer ministry. This is, it feels kind of risky. It feels uncomfortable. There's some fear of man stuff that starts to kick in. But you get to make the decision. You're going to step out and pray or not. So we stepped out. We got out of the boat. We prayed for healing. And a lot of the pain went away. And she felt peace all over her back. And it feels pretty good today. It's not all the way better. But we're going to pray again. And it's, it's getting better right now. Why did that happen? Because we got out of the boat. So the quick challenge on that one is, where, where, are you, where are you in your life that you need to get out of the boat when it comes to praying for healing? What situations in your life? 
you probably see someone every single day, okay? Unless you just work in like a little cubicle at your house and no, no one ever sees you. You probably see someone literally every day that you could pray for their healing. Every day. It's just a matter of if we're going to do it or not. Now, again, if Jesus is sitting out on the water, don't jump out. So you don't have to just run around downtown screaming at everybody. But if the Lord's leading you to pray for someone, if you see a need, meet the need. Step in. Step out of the boat and pray for healing. What about with prophetic words? This is another one, real similar to praying for healing, where it's pretty comfortable to give prophetic words here at church. You know, in worship, the Spirit's really moving and you're hearing things from the Lord and you can speak to other people. What does it mean to step out of the boat with prophetic words? Not just at Bridgeway, not just at church, but in our homes, just in our normal life. A prophetic word uh, simply explained is just hearing from the Lord and speaking that to someone else. That's really just all a prophetic word is. So if you believe that the Lord speaks and can speak to you, whether through scripture, through the Holy Spirit, through nature, through people, through all sorts of ways, then a lot of times, this is really cool that the Lord loves to do this. If he wants to bless Tim, who's sitting right here, so often he will prefer to do it through another person because he loves community. He loves relationship. God could just download to Tim right now, boom, everything he needs. He doesn't prefer to operate that way. Why? Because he loves relationship. So a lot of times what he'll do is give me or someone else a prophetic word for Tim. Now, again, there's a decision that has to be made. Are we going to stay in our comfort zone? Or are we going to step out of the boat and give the word? With prophetic words, it's, um, you know, it's pretty risky. Because you might, you might get the word wrong. And you feel like a doofus, you know? That's not cool. You sink. And then you're like, what just happened? But we have to make the decision. Are we going to step out and give the prophetic word or not? So for me... Uh, stepping out of the boat in this area is in the area of specific prophetic words. Because most of us around here, our culture is very prophetic and you're, you're, you may be comfortable with giving a prophetic word that's like, you know, the Lord loves you and thinks you're awesome and thinks your kids are awesome. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is a great thing to hear if the Lord is, is speaking that to someone. But I've been trying to stretch my own faith in specific prophetic words where you get names and you get dates and things where it's like the Lord is, and it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get out of the boat in those areas. So we were in Atlanta last weekend with some of our good friends, Micah and Lindsay, and we were ministering at a church. One of the nights we had another couple over to the house that we were staying at named Timothy and Hannah. Okay, so Timothy and Hannah are some of the key leadership of this church called Southgate Church in, in South Atlanta. We were praying over Timothy and Hannah. Now for Shauna and I, it's not really risky for us to give prophetic words. It's not really risky for us because of where we are in this to jump into something like that. I know for some people in here, just taking that first step out of the boat would be a big deal. And I would encourage you to do that. If you feel like the Lord's giving you something for someone, just approach it. You know, you don't have to just be wild and go nutso and jump all the way out, but just take a couple steps out and say, hey, I feel like the Lord gave, gave me something for you. That's a great step to take. Well, for us, we've done that many times over the last few years. And so I feel like as we're praying for Timothy and Hannah, that the Lord gives me a country, the country India. And he showed me a picture of Hannah, who's the girl there, ministering to Indian girls. And I thought, okay, that's pretty specific. You know, this will be kind of weird if I say that and it makes no sense. And he gave me the name Jane. Okay, that's not her real name, but I'm just going to say Jane. And so I say, all right. Timothy and Hannah, I'm stretching my faith in this area. I am, me, personally, I am learning how to get out of the boat more in this area. So here's two specific things I heard. The country of India, I saw this picture, and I heard the name Jane. And she said, well, we really want to go to India. We haven't been there yet. And the name Jane 
is very important because this is a girl that we were on a team with for a, for a, um, a long time ago that they did a big trip with. They went around the world with this girl and then the girl got married and then something happened and there was really hard times for this girl and they had lost touch over the last year. Okay, so just try to follow with me. I know there's a lot of names, but here's what the Lord wanted to do. He could have just spoken to Jane, wherever she is. I don't even know where she lives. He could have just downloaded everything to her that he wanted to. And he does do that sometimes, but here's what the Lord loves to do because his nature is relationship. His nature is community. He decided to send Shauna and I to Atlanta. He spoke to me, which is a pretty specific prophetic word about a girl named Jane and this picture of India. And I stepped out of the boat. I shared it with Hannah. She then reached out to Jane just all in the last week and found out that Jane is going through a really, really hard time right now. Is about to go to a really difficult court appointment. And so Hannah got to pray for Jane over the phone and tell her that the Lord is, is thinking about her. So just think about this. The Lord blessed this girl way through like a chain of different events. But how did it all start? Got to get out of the boat. And then Hannah had to get out of the boat to email her and say, hey, this is kind of weird, but I think the Lord wants to, you to know something. So can you call me? And they, they talked and she got to pray for her. And now the girl's blessed. The blessing of the Lord flowed through people getting out of the boat. It doesn't, it doesn't usually just flow through us sitting in our comfort zones. But the difficult part is we're all wired for comfort. We're not wired for sacrifice. We're not wired to jump out of the boat. We're not wired, most, most of us, for risk. We're wired for comfort. So that's why it comes down to a decision that we have to make on a daily basis. What about just living in, in community? What about sharing life? What about just being kind to people? Are we stepping out of the boat in those areas? So think about it. In here, a lot of you have good friends in here. You have community in here. But there's a lot of us, a lot of people in here, hundreds of people that come every Sunday morning that don't have many friends in here, you know, that are new or just can't connect for whatever reason. So we get to make a choice every Sunday when we walk in here. Are we going to get out of our comfort zone boat and meet someone new and talk to them and have, have an actual conversation with them? Think about how easy that would be to do, to, to share the love of Jesus with someone. It just takes us getting out of the boat, though. But it's an intentional decision. It has to be intentional because we're all wired for comfort. We're wired to sit in the same place we sit every week. You're probably in the same seat you usually sit in because we're just wired to do that. That's not bad. It just means we have to be intentional about stepping out of our comfort zone. So there's a few families that are doing this really well, and it's Tennyson and Janela right there, and then Darren and Angela are right there. Tennyson was singing here. Angela was singing here. They make it their goal every Sunday, and I'll brag on you guys, they make it their goal every Sunday to just meet new people. Every Sunday. And then what they do, they take it a step further, and this is pretty extreme. They invite them to their house for lunch. You know, that's, whoa, that's crazy. This is what they do every Sunday. And so every Sunday, they are stepping out of that boat, out of the boat of the comfort zone, sharing the love of Jesus with people, and inviting them even into their home. I mean, how wild is that? That's pretty radical, but think about, and I'm not saying you have to do that, but think about if all of us in here just stepped out of that boat a little bit of just meeting some new people. There's a lot of new people coming in our doors all the time. Are we just staying in our comfort zone? Are we getting out of that boat to just say hi to someone, to even take it to that extreme step of saying, hey, would you guys like to go out to lunch maybe today or maybe next week? You think that would work out? This is something that my wife and I, we do 
very regularly. We, we just love community. We love shared life. It's what we believe, uh, part of what Jesus died for, so that we could share life with others. So the same challenge would be for all of you out there. Are there, are there places in, on your Sunday morning where you can get out of the boat? Even today, look around. You can probably see someone you don't recognize. You can get out of the boat and go talk to them. Go say hi. And it can be scary. Think about it. Peter sank. I mean, it's not all kicks and giggles. He got out. He walked for a minute. And then he sank. But then what happened? Jesus pulled him up. So even if we sink, I think it's okay because Jesus is right there. He's going to pull us up. Okay, how about this last area of our entire life? Are you willing to get out of the boat with your whole life? Now, for me, this was something I uh, went through probably about five or six years ago. I grew up as a pastor's kid, Christian school, went to Furman. Go Furman, where's Tubby? He left. Purple Paladins, I got whooped yesterday. It's all right. Played Michigan State, I think. There was no chance. What happened to Clemson? I mean, they just barely hung on yesterday. Alabama got like 900 points. Five or six years ago, I had, I came to a point in my life where I realized, had a few kids, job was good, friends are good, everything's good. Surface level, everything's good. But I came to a point where I realized in my heart, I wasn't, I wasn't going after the Father with everything I had. So Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. When you seek me with your whole heart. I was seeking him with like, I don't know, 75% of my heart. So that was good, you know, that's 75%. But I came to this point where I realized, okay, am I going to go all in or not? It's very scary when you look at your entire life and decide if you're going to go all in with Jesus or not. Because when you go all in, you have nothing left to give. When you commit your whole life, you don't have a life anymore. And so it's scary. There's a lot of risk stepping out. But if Jesus is there, it is the only place of true fulfillment. It's the only place of true life, of abundant life. And so I had a two-hour debate with myself in a counselor's office with my wife sitting next to me about whether or not I was going to go all in with Jesus. That's, you kind of know you're in trouble when you're having a two-hour debate with yourself. I just argued with myself for two hours. This is probably five or six years ago. And thankfully, with the Lord's grace, I chose to go all in. I chose to pursue him with everything I have. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Pursue love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Pursue love. The word pursue there is a Greek word that's used to talk about a hunter who's going after his prey. Pursuing love doesn't look like staying in a boat of comfort. Pursuing love, and God is love, pursuing the Father is an aggressive pursuit. Not because we're trying to win his affirmation or approval. We've already got that. Think about the series Chad just taught. It was eight weeks long. We're already invited to the table. Our place is already there. But it is now up to us to pursue that table. Pursue love. So I chose in. I said, yes, 100%. I'm going after this with everything I've got. My life is not my own anymore. Nothing about me is mine. I'm going for this. My kids, my wife, my job, my friends, none of it is up to me. I'm going after him with everything I've got. So here's what happened as a result of that. As a result of that, the Lord brought me to South Africa to spend 10 days. I learned all sorts of things about myself. I had this identity, whatever the opposite of a crisis is, 
I don't know what it is, where I found out who I truly am. My identity was made secure in my own heart and in my own mind because I was willing to get out of the boat and pursue it. So after that orphan series, there's probably a lot of you in here that realize you do have some orphan tendencies and orphan thinking. Well, we have to make the decision. Are we going to get out of the boat and pursue love, pursue the Father with everything we've got, with the risk that's involved, with the storms that are involved, with the conflict, with the difficulty that's involved? Are we going to pursue him? Is he worth it? Is Jesus worth pursuing with everything we've got? Now, I will say, too, that there's one characteristic you have to have if you're, if you're really going to go for this. And I don't know what the word is, but it's, it's something about being a little bit crazy. You have to be a little bit reckless and a little bit wild to go after this. Because it involves jumping into water where there are storms raging. And here's, here's the difficult part. All of us can sit in our boats, probably for the rest of our life, and experience some sort of decent life. Just raise your kids Try not to do anything real bad. You know, tithe, come to church, have some grandkids, start the cycle over, and die one day. And go to heaven and be clean in the eyes of of the Father. But I just fully believe that for me, for my family, and for us here at Bridgeway, that's not the extent of what Jesus came for. It's not the extent. He came to give us an abundant life. A life that is full of joy, full of love, full of peace. And full of storms. But if you're in a storm with Jesus, it's an awesome storm. Don't jump into a storm if Jesus isn't in there. But if Jesus is calling, if the Holy Spirit's leading you into any of these areas of your life, to pray for healing for someone, to speak a prophetic word over someone, to be kind to people around you, to even invite someone over to your house for lunch, to live in community, and then really the biggest one of all, to commit your whole life to him, everything you've got. To do what Jeremiah 29, 13 says, to, get, to commit to seeking him with your whole heart. If he's leading you to that, then this is where it comes back to me and you. It's up to us whether or not we're going to step out of the boat. Calvary's not going to happen again. The, the sacrifice has already been made. The price has already been paid. The invitation to the table has already been made. It's there for us. Jesus is right there on the water we just have to make a decision if we're going to get out of the boat or not. I'd love to invite the prayer servants up. And I'm going to pray for us. And if you need prayer for anything, anything at all, if you want prayer about this getting out of the boat thing in a specific area, or if you just need physical prayer, emotional healing, anything like that, love to invite you to come forward to receive prayer. Let me pray for us. So Father, we just thank you. We love you. I do ask that you give us the courage and the boldness to step out of the boat, to get out of the boat at any uh, opportunity of life that we have to pursue love with everything we've got. We love you, Jesus. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, come forward. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week.